Salam guys, I'm Mohsin. Welcome to this episode of Millionaire Muslim. Before we get into this episode, we just wanted to spend a few seconds telling you about Islamic Finance Guru, or IFG for short. Mohsin and I co-founded IFG in 2015 because we couldn't find content about personal finance and Islamic finance for Muslims like you and I. Nowadays, alhamdulillah, we reach an audience of hundreds of thousands and our goal is to keep providing great content to help you guys. So if you're looking for halal investments and Islamic mortgages or startup funding, check us out at islamicfinanceguru.com. And if you want to get in touch with us directly, you can get me on mohsin at islamicfinanceguru.com and you can get Ibrahim on ibrahim at islamicfinanceguru.com. Enjoy the episode. Looking for a different approach to money? Meet Gatehouse Bank a Sharia-compliant UK bank built for the modern world. We help home buyers to purchase or refinance their home, provide buy-to-let funding for landlords, and offer award-winning savings accounts. Wherever you're going, get there a different way. Get there with Gatehouse. To find out more, visit gatehousebank.com. Before we dive in, I'd just like to say a quick thank you to our sponsor, PensionBee. They have helped over 70,000 customers be pension confident by helping them transfer their old pensions together into one simple online plan. They also have a great Sharia compliant pension option as well, which is why we personally really like them. And you can check out a review of their offering on the Sharia side on our website. Let's dive in. Inshallah, I want to carry on from the Seer session that we were running for many, many months, actually, a while back, back in 2018. Now, I think it was. And then we carried it on into 2019. We'd got to a really interesting verse, actually, which was the 282nd verse of Surah Baqarah. And it's the longest verse in the Quran. And it's the verse that talks about debts and writing down things. It talks about witnessing and you know, one male versus two female witnesses. And it talks about a number of really interesting themes. So let's listen to the Arabic and inshallah, I'll, I'll talk you through the translation. I suspect, given that it's the longest verse in the Quran and in the 13-line um, Quran that I use, it's well over a page. I suspect we're going to be talking about it for a few weeks. But let's dive in. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم يا أيها الذين آمنوا إذا تداينتم بدين إلى أجل مسمى فاكتبوه وليكتب بينكم كاتب بالعدل ولا يأب كاتب أن يكتب كما علمه الله فليكتب فليكتب وليملل الذي عليه عليه الحق وليتق الله ربه ولا يبخس منه شيئا فإن كان الذي عليه الحق سفيها أو ضعيفا أو لا يستطيع أن يمل أو لا يستطيع أن يمل هو فليملل وليه بالعدل واستشهدوا شهيدين من رجالكم فإن لم يكونا رجلين فرجل وامرأتان ممن ترضون 
ممن ترضون من الشهداء أن تضل إحداهما فتذكر إحداهما الأخرى ولا يأبى الشهداء إذا ما دعوا ولا تسأموا أن تكتبوه صغيرا أو كبيرا إلى أجله ذلكم أقسط عند الله وأقوم للشهادة وأدنى ألا ترتابوا إلا أن تكون تجارة حاضرة تديرونها بينكم فليس عليكم جناح ألا تكتبوها وأشهدوا إذا تبايعتم ولا يضار كاتب ولا شهيد وإن تفعلوا فإنه فسوق بكم واتقوا الله ويعلمكم الله والله بكل شيء عليم Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, O believers, when you contract a loan for a fixed period of time, commit it to writing and let the scribe maintain justice between the parties. The scribe should not refuse to write as Allah has taught them to write. They will write what the debtor dictates, bearing Allah in mind and not defrauding the debt. And if the debtor is incompetent, and by the way, the debtor is the person that owes the money, Uh, The creditor is the one that the money is owed to. If the debtor is incompetent, weak or unable to dictate, let their guardian dictate for them with justice. Call upon two of your men to witness. And if two men cannot be found, then one man and two women of your choice will witness. So if one of the women forgets, the other may remind her. The witnesses must not refuse when they are summoned. And you must not be against writing contracts for a fixed period of time, whether that sum is great or small. This is more just for you in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and more convenient to establish evidence and remove doubts. However, if you do conduct an immediate transaction amongst yourselves, then there is no need for you to record it, but call upon witnesses when a deal is finalized. Let no harm come to the scribe or witness. And if you do, then you have gravely exceeded your limits. Be mindful of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, for Allah is the one who teaches you and Allah has perfect knowledge of all things. So plenty to unpack here, and I'm conscious of the time as well. I'm, I'm going to try and keep this short and sweet. I guess there are, uh, broadly speaking, six key issues that we can talk about. I don't know how many of those I'll get through today. The first one is, what is the aim of the Sharia when it comes to anything to do with Islamic finance and mu'amalat, transactions, etc.? And I think we can learn a lot about these high-level aims of the Sharia from this verse. The second thing is around this whole time lag concept and why this is such a big deal in the Sharia. The third thing is about the skills that we have and how we should make those available for people as much as we can. The fourth thing is about the responsibility that a person has to look after someone else in a transaction, even though they may not necessarily be directly affected. The fifth thing is that the debtor is the one who ideally holds a pen, and we'll talk about that a little bit. And then the final thing is this whole one man versus two woman issue, and we'll potentially touch upon that either this week or next week. So I guess the first thing is, guys, that the Sharia high level 
does not like two things. High level, it does not like injustice and it does not like dispute. And pretty much all of Mu'amalat, a lot of the rulings that we see when it comes to transactions are designed to avoid injustice and designed to avoid dispute. And, you know, this verse is a classic example of that, because wherever you have a situation where someone hasn't written something down, there significantly increases the risk of dispute arising. And where someone hasn't written something down clearly, and as in an expert has written it down for them, then the risk of dispute significantly arises as well. And whenever you have dispute, often that also comes hand in hand with injustice as well. And these are the kind of two things that if you think about it, like interest, for example, why does Allah SWT not like interest? Allah SWT, he doesn't like interest, Islam doesn't like interest because of the injustice that that causes. Why does Islam not like gharar or uncertainty or things like derivatives or insurance and other uh, rulings like la don't buy and sell that which you don't have which you know the stocks chat we've been talking about ownership over stocks before you actually sell it on and the t plus two stuff why is that all relevant the relevance here is that it avoids dispute in case of things going wrong and the list goes on if you look at other elements of the sharia and the other prohibitions for example two contracts in one and the interlinking of contracts why does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forbid that? Again, it goes back to trying to get rid of potential for dispute arising. This is an appeal on behalf of National Zakat Foundation. The pandemic has affected us all. And although lockdown is now easing, many vulnerable Muslims are still struggling to make ends meet. By giving your zakat in the UK this Ramadan, you'll be giving hope, confidence and dignity to your fellow Muslims facing hardship. Let's make this an amazing Ramadan for everyone by giving our zakat with NZF. Give now at nzf.org.uk. So high level, I guess the, the interesting point for us all to take away here is that when in doubt, you should obviously you know talk to a scholar, but when in doubt, the gut instinct, the aim of the sharia that I found quite useful when I think about Islamic finance is that it's trying to avoid injustice and it's trying to avoid dispute. The other interesting thing I found about this verse, it talks about Yayuladina is talking to the believers and it says when you contract a loan for a fixed period of time committed to writing. So whenever there's this time lag, right, whenever there's something other than on spot transactions, whenever there's that time lag, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he is commanding us to write it down as much as we can. There's a fitly debate about, you know, does that mean that everything that is deferred has to be written down? And the answer to that is probably no, because, you know, in certain situations, if you know the person, if you trust them, we'll discuss a story to round the whole discussion off as well, which makes the point uh, you don't necessarily have to. But the starting point is that we should try and write things down to make sure that things are as clear as they possibly can be. And this is important for us, you know, really practically when it comes to, we see it day to day around the will side of things at IFG. We also see it if you're a dispute lawyer regularly when it comes to contracts. If you haven't written down that, you know, you are going to give your gold necklace or your car to a particular cousin or a friend or a brother or a son, and that's kind of just like unsaid, and it's kind of in the ether, but it isn't really clear exactly what's going on, then almost 100% after you pass away, 
there's going to be some kind of dispute. And all of that could be avoided by just writing things down. And I know that it's often when you get into the legalese, when you start thinking about writing stuff down, there's that potential, you know, it feels a bit awkward at times because you're now having to semi-negotiate with people and you have to read over a contract and you have to think, oh, actually, is that precisely what I think is right or wrong? And it feels a bit awkward to make it a bit more formal than it needs to be. But, you know, believe you me, the formality is a smaller discomfort compared to the injustice that could be caused if you don't write it down and compared to the dispute that can be caused if you don't write it down. And you find this in contracts as well. So all of the contracts that are litigated, a lot of them, and the reason why they're getting litigated is because there was either no contract at all at the time. So both sides are kind of, you know, in their head, they had an understanding of what the agreement was, but that was not the understanding the other side had. Or there was ambiguity in the contract itself. And so that's why there was a dispute caused. And I guess this is where I found it really interesting that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he talks about getting a scribe to do it for you. So at the time, there was often people who couldn't read or write. So partially getting a scribe to do it for you was due to that. But also scribes were, you know, they have a technical proficiency, right? They have a technical skill where they are used to writing down contracts. They are used to writing down these things. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he's, I found it quite interesting. And this is, of course, just my tadabbur. This is just my reflection. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he's pointing us to use people who have these skills to do it properly. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, let the scribe maintain justice when he's writing between the parties. So that got me really interested because, you know, these days when you instruct a lawyer to do something, it's rare that you are jointly instructing the same lawyer, both sides jointly instructing the same lawyer. Typically, you'll have one side instructing the lawyer. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he's talking directly to, to the lawyer at this point and he's saying, you know what? You need to maintain justice between both parties, i.e. it doesn't matter who's paying you the money, you still have a duty to both sides to make sure you maintain justice, which I found quite interesting. And I think that kind of interestingly coheres with English law and my own experience, which is that if a party is unrepresented on the other side, you have to kind of look after them to make sure that they at least understand what's going on and the implications of the contract. You can't just bedazzle them with fancy legalese. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says another fascinating thing. He says, a scribe should not refuse to write as Allah has taught them to write. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he is saying that we should be using our skills that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made available to us for the people, right? What's the verse exactly? Uh, and the katib, the scribe, should not refuse from writing as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has taught him. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he's taught, and this got me thinking about the wider implications of this verse. Uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has taught us a lot of things, right? Allah has taught each of us various different skills. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us so many different skills. Each of us have, have a skill given to us. So my wife, you know, she's a doctor, she's a medic. 
I've got friends who are engineers. Many people on this call will have a technical background. They might be lawyers. They might be electricians. They might be plumbers. Whatever it is, that's a skill that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has given us. And Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, He is saying that there is a value in using that skill that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has taught you to serve the people. And I think that's quite profound because that speaks to our career, right? That speaks to our day-to-day lives. And if we do that to a high standard, looking out for all the sides that we are engaging with day-to-day in all of our affairs, like for example, a doctor deals with patients, other doctors, they deal with uh, management. And if you're an honest broker and you do that properly and you use that skill to service humanity, then that is what Allah Subhanahu wa Taala demands from us. So I found that really fascinating that amidst this discussion, this verse about loans and writing down loans, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala picks out the guy who's actually writing the loan itself and talks to him about this as well. And then Allah Subhanahu wa Taala he goes on and he says that. They will write the, what the debtor dictates, bearing in Allah in mind and not defrauding the debt. And if the debtor is incompetent, weak or unable to dictate, let their guardian dictate for them with justice. Now, this is really interesting. And look, all obviously, I read some of the tafasir on this. I did a bit of reflecting and I'm sure other, other people might have other interesting points to make on this. But what instantly stood out to me here is they will write what the debtor dictates. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has subtly nudged the justice element in the favor of the debtor because you know when the debtor is writing he will have the slight upper hand right so the person who actually does the writing of the contract has a slight upper hand but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he didn't make the creditor i.e. the person who has the money that will be loaning out the money the one who holds the pen the one who dictates the contract because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows that it's in a way a little bit fairer and it makes it a little bit more of an even ground if the person who is naturally in a weaker position gets the chance to at least make the first document because that document will then be the thing that's negotiated over so i found that really fascinating that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he specifies that the debtor dictates and if the debtor can't then someone else dictates on his behalf and then perhaps what i'll do is i'll park the witnessing discussion for next week and i'll just finally end with a really fascinating story that ibn kathir mentioned and it's a hadith of bukhari about a man who loaned a thousand dinar from someone and when he was loaning that thousand dinar from that person the person he said a kafil do you have a witness the person the debtor said allah is my kafil allah is my witness and the man he smiled and he said okay yeah that makes sense you can't any get anyone better than that as a kafil as a guarantor or, or as a witness and he gave him a thousand dirham or dinar and the man went off and he went onto a ship and he went off onto a distant land and he used that money and he made some profit and then the appointed time came to return that money and he wanted to get back onto another ship to the place where the creditor lived and unfortunately he couldn't find a ship to get take him there and so he took the money and he put it into a piece of wood and he wrapped up that piece of wood and tightened it up and he called upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that you are my kafil and you know i've really tried hard to try and get back to this person i will continue trying to get back to this person but i haven't succeeded Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and i know that the clock is ticking for me to meet this obligation that i have that i take very very seriously and so 
I'm going to trust you, Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to get this money to that person. And he threw the wood into the sea. And lo and behold, many days later, the person who was owed that money, he was on the beach. He was looking for the ship to come in that was carrying the person. And there was no ship, but he collected up some firewood for the fire at home. And he took it home and he broke it open to get it ready for the fire. And there he found the thousand dinar. And then a few days later, the person who actually owed the money turned up as well. And he said, here's your thousand dinar that I owe you because I found a ship. Sorry, I'm late. And the person who, the creditor, he said, are you sure you haven't sent me something already? And then they realized that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had, you know, the person said, yes, I did send that to you. And uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the creditor said, yeah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he listened. And he got the money to the right place at the right time. And uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he rewarded you for your sincerity. So I thought that was a, an amazing story. And it encapsulated really in a nutshell, the, you know, that, intrinsic relationship between taqwa, iman, money, relationships and spirituality. And I think it's really important as you know, part of our duty, I guess, at Islamic Finance Guru, where we're talking about money and investments to not forget these other elements that come together to make the whole, which is you know, why we are talking about you know, Sharia compliance and Islamic investments in the first place. So those are my thoughts. Um, love to hear you know, your thoughts and comments and questions as well. Jazakallahu khairan. Aqulu qawli hadha wa astaghfirullah li wa lakum wa astaghfiru innahu huwa al-ghafuru rahim MashaAllah, good talk. So um, when it came to witness, sorry, are we taking questions? Bill? Yeah, yeah, go for it, go for it. Uh, so I think I missed out the moral stuff, was it? So when it comes to witness, so... Could you use Allah as a witness or is it better to use a person? Well, obviously Allah is always going to be the witness. But it's yeah. To use a oh, yeah, it's definitely better to use a, a person because it will reduce the element of, of dispute, right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if, you know, we all use Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as witness, then that kind of undermines, you know, the verse as a whole. Of course, the story is very powerful and uh, it has its place. But from a practical perspective, we should try and, of course, use uh, human witnesses that we can get hold of in a trackable manner. That makes sense. And then, do you know, for Will, for example, so you've written it down, you've got a witness. So would it just be you, the witness, that'll be keeping the paperwork? Or would it be better to publicize, publish, publicize it or something like that? So with a will, as long as you have the witnesses, I mean, from an English law perspective, as long as you have the witnesses, then, you know, as long as they can be called upon to testify that, yeah, you indeed did sign and made this will on a particular date, then that's perfectly fine. Of course, it's not like, you know, to the extent that it's something is particularly public, of course, that reduces the chance for dispute. But that isn't a requirement because it becomes extremely onerous, right? If you, Especially if you're entering into sensitive contracts between various parties. And most people won't want to make the amount that they pay for their house or their car to be made public. So the publicity element isn't like a necessary component of you know making it of witnessing or or, or reducing the dispute in a contract. brother. I just want to say thank you very much for all your efforts and everything, including this chat, was useful and very helpful. Although I haven't contributed much, I just want to express my appreciation. Thank you. No, that's really kind. If you got this far, you must have enjoyed the podcast, which means you'll definitely love our other episodes and other content we produce as well. Inshallah. Be sure to check out the website, islamicfinanceguru.com, as well as our YouTube channel and social media. 
Until next time, Assalamu Alaikum.